We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to a new episode of She goes outdoors. So here we are in 2021. We're so glad for 2020 to be done. And it's hard to believe that it's January. Yesterday, our high uh, was 56 degrees. This week, it's supposed to continue. I was outside with just a sweatshirt. Just had a hard time believing that it's January. But it is what it is. And we're going to continue moving forward, educating you, our listeners, on uh, a variety of outdoor skills, uh, pursuits that you can take on, and continuing to interview uh, the most amazing outdoor enthusiasts. We're not going to fail you again today. And I'm going to pass the mic to Rachel to introduce this week's episode. So I was kind of reflecting this week. And yeah, I think that's what everyone does in January where it's too cold to do anything. But apparently 50s this week. But I was one of the things I was most upset about was the Tokyo Olympics being rescheduled. Um, I just love watching the opening ceremony, hearing the highlighted stories about the different athletes, uh, wearing my Team USA garb and rooting for them, and, and watching shooting sports competitions. And dear listener, I bet you didn't think I was going to say that, did you? But it's pretty cool if you start reading the biographies of the Team USA shooting sports uh, members, a lot of them grew up doing different programs such as the Scholastic Clay Target Program, the Civilian Marksmanship Program, National Archery in the Schools, and the 4-H Shooting Sports Program. So it's really cool to see that something that, that we as agencies support um, is really ramping up and, and getting athletes to the national level. And then furthermore, just shooting sports in general, whether it be rifle, um, shotgun, or pistol shooting, is really growing in popularity. And so I am so excited for our guest today. Um, She has such a cool story and and such a uh, fun way of explaining it and and her love of the shooting sports. So I'm going to pass it over to Megan to introduce this week's guest. Thank you, Rachel. And I too are super excited. Didn't have the opportunity to to do a lot of shooting growing up, but definitely have gotten into it through my college years and and definitely my my time with the agency. And unfortunately, and and all of us, I think on this call relate, um, contrary to what the public believes and maybe what our listeners believe, even though we we work in this industry and we, we coordinate these types of programs, I think we get tons of opportunities to go out there and do it and are just experts ourselves. That's definitely not the case because there's, there's so much work that goes into the behind the scenes. And, and I know if I don't get it even on my calendar to, to take a day or two to, to get out there and we've been trying to do a much better as a team to, to put a couple of those days over the lunch hour or something, especially when we're out working at our shooting range to, 
to take our lunch break and, and get out there and shoot around a trap because unfortunately, um, we don't get to do it as often as we all would love to do. Our, our guest that we're going to have on today, again, with the, the shooting sports background, is, is super cool. And we have with us Ashley Peterson. Um, she currently works with Midway USA Foundation, um, and she's the Northwest Program Manager. I want to talk to you a little bit about, before we get into to Ashley and her story, about the organization that she works for. Larry and Brenda Potterfield, um, they are the owners of Midway USA. And I've been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to, to meet with them and talk with them over the years through um, my professional job um, with the agency. And, and they're just a super cool couple to, to meet and sit down and talk to. The, the magnitude of their business, the, the magnitude of what they do and how they give back across the nation is just so awesome. And they're so down to earth. You can just have a, a real open and, and inviting conversation with them. And it's just so they're always all smiles. At least every time I've been around them, they're all smiles and they just enough. And they're just so humble. The caliber that they're at in the industry, they are such a humble folks and, and they really don't take the credit or get the credit always that they deserve for what they do. Midway USA, um, that it's an online retail store um, focused on the shooting sport. They sell a lot of the, the ammunition and the, the gear and and the parts and pieces that you need to get out there, do some recreational shooting or hunting. They had a vision several years ago that they wanted to, to find a way to offer youth interested in the shooting sports the opportunity to participate. As, we, as we've talked on some of the, the podcasts prior to when we're talking about programs, sustainability is always key. I mean, you can, you can get something started. You can put some funding into it at the beginning, but if you can't make it be sustainable, it's, it's not going to last. And that's what their vision really was. They wanted to be able to provide those teams getting started in the shooting sustainability that they need. Uh, it's an expensive sport to get into. Um, not going to lie. When you look at the, you know, ammunitions are, are consumables, targets are consumables. So that's stuff that you're going to have to keep purchasing time after time, year after year. So they wanted to, to find ways to, to give teams sustainable funding. With their vision of their uh, of the development of Midway USA Foundation, which Ashley works for, and, and you'll hear a little bit more about her role in that organization. They've done just that. It's super cool in Iowa, uh, where we live, to see that the amount of money that these teams have gotten through this endowment fund. I mean, we have several teams in the state that have several hundreds of thousands of dollars built up now in their account, and that makes the program sustainable. Um, they're going to be able to, to shoot year after year and, and start bringing new folks into the fold year after year as well. Um, nationally, they, they've worked with over 2,800 youth shooting, uh, shooting sports teams and are providing funding in some capacity. And one of the cool parts is, is Larry and Brenda personally have contributed to this foundation, and they've provided most of the funding and the match dollars that go into it from the very beginning. So again, like I said, a, a humble couple giving back because they want to see shooting sports thrive long after they they have left the industry. So Ashley in particular works with the youth shooting sports teams from the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean. So she she's definitely in touch with the teams that are in Kansas, Iowa, and Nebraska. And she helps assist those teams in creating those sustainable funding sources and, and getting those endowments set up. Um, one cool thing, and, and Rachel, I just had the opportunity to meet Ashley um, back in December for the, the first time, is that she was introduced to shooting sports at a young age. She's had the opportunity to participate in multiple different youth shooting sports programs through high school. She actually went on to compete for the University of Kentucky's rifle team. Like Rachel alluded to at the beginning um, about the Tokyo Olympics, Ashley was actually an alternate national team member for the 2012 London Olympics, which is super cool. And I'm excited to hear more about today. So with that, Ashley, definitely welcome today. And we're so happy to have you on She Goes Outdoors. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you do for a living? Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You gave quite a good detailed um, list of my background, but I'll dive in and add a little bit more. I 
as you mentioned, I started shooting when I was pretty young. Um, I grew up in a hunting, fishing, outdoorsy family. So we did spend a lot of time um, hiking around and I was around guns from a young age. And um, so I grew up learning how to shoot a rifle in the backyard at pop cans. Um, and as I got older, I started showing more interest in it. My dad happened to know some local coaches. So we went down to the range one day and um, I got to participate in my first target shooting event. And um, that was a 22 rifle event. We started out at my range shooting prone. And as I got more comfortable and confident and more excited about it, then I moved on to shooting three position rifle and then got into air rifle and it really just kind of blossomed and um, opened up from there. I, I think I fell in love with travel um, as much as I fell in love with shooting sports and getting to go see the country and then eventually see the world through shooting sports, um, which I can't be more thankful for. I mean, it's I love the sport and I got to travel on top of that. So, you know, who could complain about that? <laughs> but after high school, I went on, I shot for the University of Kentucky, got a scholarship. There are NCAA teams that give scholarships for different shooting sports, pistol, shotgun, rifle. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be one of those lucky scholarship mm -hmm. athletes and shot all four years at the University of Kentucky. And then when I graduated, I just didn't want to put the rifle down. I loved it too much. So I moved out to Colorado Springs and started uh, competing on the national team, as you mentioned, and um, got to travel all over the world, which was really amazing. Wow. Nothing beats, uh, beats traveling and getting to do what you love. That's incredible, Ashley. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit curious, <laughs> especially when it comes to women, how you really got interested in shooting sports. Um, I grew up a little bit fearful of guns, really not sure what that was, um, what that world was like, and I didn't really feel welcome in it. So Ashley, did you just come out of the womb guns blazing, or uh, <laughs> was there a certain key factor that really got you in and kickstarted your interest? How did that work? No, I can honestly say that it was a little bit intimidating when I got into it. I walked into the range. I was the only female there. Um, you know, there were a bunch of older guys, kind of rough, tough, just an intimidating kind of feeling walking in, being around all these guys that have been clearly on the range for years and years. And, um, you know, I am always up for a challenge. And so this was just one more challenge in life that I wanted to take on and face. And once I realized that it really wasn't that scary and that I think one of the things that people don't realize is that shooting sports are still to this day, one of the safest sports that you can be involved in. I came to realize through going going through all of the safety courses that I had to go through was that I was safe. I was in a safe place. This was an activity that I could do. And I, there was no reason to be intimidated or scared because it really is a safe sport, shooting sports in general. And that made, you know, that made me feel good. I became more confident the longer I was on the range 
And all of a sudden these guys that were rough and tough and scary at the beginning became my friends and became my mentors. And you kind of realize that they're all kind of like your dad or your grandpa, and they're all there to support you and help you. And they get so excited helping, especially women learn how to shoot because it's not something that they get the opportunity to do very often. Yeah, that's spot on. I see that quite often, even in the hunting mentor world where the males really enjoy assisting Uh, the females out there because it is it's a different dynamic I want to say or oh I'm I'm struggling with the word to use but they really enjoy watching our the female population grow and enjoy that sport as well and also going back to your safest sports let's face it there's no concussions there's no tackling um, and what I really like is there's no running and shooting sports I really like that (laughs) (laughs) You know, growing up, you competed in air rifle shooting and progressed into small bore 22 caliber shooting. For those of our listeners that have not shot before, can you tell tell us about those competitions? And when you were talking earlier, uh, I think you 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 stated that your first position was a prone position. Can you explain that as well for our listeners that are not familiar with uh, shooting competitions? Yeah, sure. So um, at my club, we started out shooting prone, which is laying down. And I was pretty young and pretty small when I started. So I actually um, used a a support, I think it was a kneeling roll or maybe a rolled up um, mat or a carpet or something like that to help me support and hold the rifle up. And so I started out just laying down on the ground and shooting at a little black dot on a piece of paper. There are different events and um, different distances and different size targets in precision rifle shooting, which is what I was competing in. Um, So I started out shooting at 50 feet, which is a little bit bigger 22 target. So the center of the target's a little bit bigger. And then when you get into international 22 shooting, Um, the target gets much further away, goes from 50 feet to 50 meters, which is about triple the distance. Um, And the the target doesn't change a whole lot. So um, you're still shooting at a very small dot in the middle of a page. um, And it's same for air rifle. It's a little black dot that you're looking at through iron sights, which are just those open peep style sights and you line them all up around the dot and squeeze the trigger and hope that everything is where it's supposed to be. So I, I make it sound, you know, maybe a little simple, but it's, um, it's a challenge every second that you're competing. So it's fun. You know, and it's like any sport, it takes practice. It's Mm -hmm. um, and and continued skill to remind yourself and improvements and even, you know, your sports of your breathing techniques, even shooting is a breathing technique to it for accuracy. Just for that visual, if I understand correctly, it's basically like the tip of your finger, right, is where you're putting your shots or or a pencil eraser, right? Yeah, so the 50 meter target, you are aiming at something that's about the size of a pencil eraser. 
And then for air rifle, which is at 10 meters, um, that's about the point of a ballpoint pen. So if you take a pen and just dot it on paper, that's about the size of the target. And I complain about missing a pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's amazing. Um, it's, it's fun to hear about that, that precision side of shooting, because I think a lot of times we think shooting sports, we think bang, 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 speed, but you're really getting down to the nitty gritty on accuracy and that it's not that time. I mean, it is a timed event, but it's much more of a a much longer competition to shoot. And I want to go back, you kind of alluded to it in the beginning about travel. I mean, you were a collegiate athlete, University of Kentucky. So you traveled there. You lived in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center. You got to travel with the national team also have that wanderlust travel love. I can't imagine the cool and interesting places that you've gone to and, and that shooting sports has taken you. Do you have like a favorite trip or event or experience that, that you'd like to be willing to share with us? You know, I constantly think back over all of my travels. I've made some of my closest friends and colleagues through shooting sports and through my travels. It's really hard to narrow down and pick just one trip, but there are a couple that definitely stand out in my mind. Certainly the first time I got to travel outside of the United States, um, I went to the Czech Republic And that was amazing. You know, I was a teenager at that time. And so I thought that was the coolest, greatest thing I might ever do in my life. And so it was really fun getting to go and see a different country and see a different culture and see something else in the world. And then back here in the U.S., I've I've had some really interesting opportunities. I remember one year we went to Montana And we actually um, cleared out a barn and spent a week training on a mobile range. So we built it ourselves. And then we spent a week training in a barn that was used for cattle and everything else during the night. And then we just got to hang out and ride horses and spend time on the, on this dude ranch um, after we were done training. And that was leading up to nationals that year. And we just really enjoyed ourselves. We really enjoyed shooting sports. We really enjoyed time with each other. There were no TVs. I mean, we were out literally in the middle of nowhere on a dude ranch and it was just one of the coolest experiences ever. It sounds like an amazing team bonding experience. You know, you, I also played sports in college. I got to go to England and play there and, and to see the sport that you love and that is so normal in the States and then to go internationally and see the sport that is the same, but all the little nuances on, on how it is done is, is so different. And it's, it's so cool because it's such a normal thing for you. It's so out of place at the same time. And, and I know I still, to this day, if I look at my passport and I'm like, oh, that was such a fun trip. Oh, I forgot I went there. Or, you know, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. So I totally uh, uh, feel you on that. It's, it's such a cool thing. And to experience you know, living out in the stars with, with some of your best friends, that had to have been such an awesome experience. Absolutely. Some things that I'll, I'll never forget for sure. Listeners, I got to say, it's unfortunate that uh, we're in this podcast format as fun as it is, because you're really missing out on all of Rachel's 
very, very enthusiastic hand signals. Uh, throw that in there. <laughs> I know it's it like I think I should have been Italian or something. Like I, I have to consciously like put my hands in my pockets to kind of follow up on on your international travels. How did other countries embrace shooting sports compared to the United States? Did you did you have any noticeable differences? Well, one of the countries that I traveled to a lot um, was Germany, and they wholeheartedly through and through support shooting sports. There are ranges everywhere. Everyone goes hunting. Everyone, everyone is involved in some form or fashion. And so it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to see something related to shooting sports. And I mean, they have trophies up on, you know, their school walls and they have um, signs in their train system and they have just really, really supported shooting sports, which is amazing to see. I mean, that was, it, it makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside um, as a shooting sport enthusiast to go somewhere that loves it as much as you do. That's got to be nice to to kind of be on the same platform as as football or, or soccer, as we would call it. You know, some some big national sport that, uh, that here in the States is sometimes marginalized. Some people don't even consider it a sport, right? And so to, to be in a country that embraces it to the fullest extent where I think all of us on, on this podcast feel it should be, it's got to be refreshing and appreciated. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. No, that's just so exciting. I'm just enjoying a lot listening to your experiences and in the places you've gotten to go. I'm definitely hasn't been the, the world traveler that Rachel has, but enjoy traveling too. And, and it's just cool to, to see, you know, we, I'm more familiar on the hunting side and, and how it's accepted in different countries. So that's awesome to hear that some of the places you went, that it was even maybe even more widely accepted there than even in the U.S., uh, which, as Julie alluded to in the beginning, is, is growing so much. So awesome to hear. So for our listeners that um, maybe haven't given shooting sports a try yet or are interested in, in getting started, and, and definitely, like you alluded to, could be intimidating. Um, if you look at some of our places, especially maybe more so in the Midwest or Iowa specifically, I can speak about, you know, most of our, our ranges are, are held by, you know, sportsmen and women clubs, and, and, and they're definitely predominantly sportsmen uh, using those ranges and, and visiting them. And it could be kind of the, the gruff, tough kind of a, an atmosphere and maybe not so clean or inviting or have the amenities that, that some folks may, may desire to have. What do you have for advice for women that are, are interested that maybe not don't have those friends or family members or that social support yet? Um, that want to get started or to learn to shoot? And do you have any recommendations for some resources or maybe some organizations that they should look into? Yeah, I would definitely say um, look into your local ranges and see if they have a women's night. Um, a lot of local ranges do host women's nights. And that's going to probably be the place where you're the most comfortable and it's the easiest to walk into. And even from an athlete point of view, if you're going out to the range for the first time and maybe you've never even shot a gun before, having other females around that can kind of give you tips and advice is is going to be helpful. Um, One thing that I learned from a coach's point of view is that men and women teach differently. And I personally feel that sometimes 
my male coaches didn't understand the issues I was having because I'm physically so much smaller than them. They didn't always understand that I couldn't get a proper grip on my pistol because I didn't have a big enough hand to grip it. So when they were telling me just grab it and squeeze the trigger, they didn't understand and they couldn't relate to some of the problems that I had. So look for a women's group, look for a a range that has other female shooters, just so that you can at least ask them some questions and um, get some advice that maybe a male coach has never encountered before. Because there's also a good chance that a lot of these men have never had a female come in and say, I can't do that because I'm not big enough to do it, you know? That's a great point. Uh, you know, here in Nebraska, and I'm, my office is actually in um, in Lincoln, and in Lincoln is an outdoor education center that we are a shooting range. We do a lot of focused um, women programming, specific nights for women shooting, you know, handguns, archery in specific, and then a couple of our state parks across the state as well, uh, near one near Omaha, where um, we'll have a series of events for archery and shooting specifically for women. And we do, we find that women um, are more attracted to that because we may have a female instructor or uh, you can feed off of each other, learn from each other for the different patternings. All three of our states have our Becoming an Outdoor Woman program. And so again, those particular programs that you can participate in, those, that hands-on education specifically for women on our great starter points, as um, Ashley has talked about. Ashley, you are so fascinating. And I think we could probably spend the whole entire podcast just um, talking to you about your travels and all the different stories you must have. But um, we would be remiss not to mention your employer. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about Midway USA Foundation. Um, I know there's some youth shooting team endowments. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how that works and um, how you could potentially support local teams? Absolutely. Right now we're working with around 2,800 teams uh, all across the nation. We're in every state, so it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in a tiny town or a huge city. If you have a youth shooting sport team, whether that's rifle, pistol, or shotgun, we cover all three of those disciplines. So we are available for funding for all types of shooting sports. And the way that it works is you set up your endowment account with us. You start putting money in right away and um, you make as many donations as you want or can. You can find funding from local um, groups, from your community, from wherever you want to source funding. And as you add that money and those funds to your endowment account, we have matching programs set up. So thanks to the generosity of the Potterfields, Um, we are able to match your donations, which grows your account significantly faster, obviously. And then once you reach a minimum account balance of $2,000 and for the life of your account, you can take a grant each year. So you're constantly able to pull your annual grant out and support your team 
and kind of as Megan mentioned earlier, a lot of these endowment accounts have gotten up to very substantial balances. Um, some of our teams fund all of their expenses for the entire year through this single grant because they've been fundraising and they've been utilizing our matching program. They've been utilizing our product grants, um, which is another really cool item that we have. Um, we get products and then you apply for them. We send them to you. They're completely free of cost. You don't pay shipping. You don't pay anything. You do your fundraiser and then you make a donation back. It goes into your endowment account. So 100% of the of the money that you put into your endowment is yours and goes into your account. Um, and then we, again, match it. So you get a free product from us, you do a fundraiser, you put your minimum donation in, we match that donation and anything extra. So if you raise more than, than the donation amount, you get to keep it and use it immediately for your team. So it's a really amazing program. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this is too good to be true. This can't be real. Ask the teams that are using it because they'll tell you it is real. We are a real foundation. We really are here just to help youth shooting sports and to support youth shooting. Um, like I said, the Potter Fields really want to make sure that athletes and youth shooters are able to continue on forever. So that is our single purpose and goal is to make sure that that happens. Yeah, Ashley, I think you kind of hit it on the head. We're unfortunately a little bit conditioned to look for a scam and everything. And uh, this does sound like a wonderful opportunity, though. And it's clear that um, there are some really great intentions behind it. If I was a shooting team's coach or participant, parent, educator, how might I go about learning more about those endowments? Do I reach out to you specifically? Is there a place on your website? What would I do? Yeah, you can either reach out to myself or one of our other three uh, program managers. The way that we have it kind of split up is that we have regional program managers. So I'm in the Northwest. We have the Southwest, the Northeast, and the Southeast, and each region has a program manager. You can reach out to any of us at any time and we can help you. And you can always go to our website. We have a fantastic team that has made our website very user-friendly. Um, so head over to midwayusafoundation.org and all of the information is there. We do pride ourselves on transparency. So all of your questions can be answered on our website. Awesome. In Nebraska, we, uh, we see that youth shooting sports has been growing in popularity. I work closely with um, our 4-H shooting sports. And NASP, National Archery in the Schools program, has really grown a lot here in Nebraska. Now, is this just for firearms or can they reach out to you for archery too? So at this point in time, we don't have archery as one of our um, disciplines. But again, you never know what the future holds. You never know where we're going to expand and grow. Um, so hopefully sometime soon, because I know the, the archery teams also need funding and support. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. 
Sure. So Ashley, to your point, on a personal level, um, across the state of Iowa, we have youth shooting sports teams that have taken advantage of this. Um, you know, some have been involved the last 10, 15 years and have, you know, $800,000, $900,000 in their endowment accounts that they're then taking, I believe it's 5% um, annually. So like you mentioned, a, a team of 30 could literally pay for most of their ammo or their ammo and their entrance fees to a good chunk of events, um, which really takes the burden off of uh, individual and allows more opportunity across the board. So it's it's an amazing um, whole program. And, and like Tana said, we're all conditioned to kind of, yeah, that can't be true. But I know at one point, I mean, they're doing a 10 to one match. So you put a dollar in, you're getting 10 bucks. Like, I want to figure out how to do that for my retirement account, right? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but kind of going back to, to shooting sports and, and getting into it, um, your mom, your parent, any, any steps, any ideas um, for those that are interested in getting their kids um, involved in, in shooting sports? I know you're a coach for a bit too. Um, just how do you get involved? You kind of mentioned going to the range. What's that next step look like? Um, how can they be supportive even if they don't participate in, in the activity? Sure. If you're a parent and you want your child to be involved in the sport, um, I would definitely start looking into any local ranges that might have a team. Um, you can also look into 4-H programs. Uh, I know a lot of athletes end up coming up through the 4-H programs and their shooting sports and their opportunities. So that's always a good place to start as well. You know, definitely get out there and support your local range you know, the, the more that you go to the range, the more you're supporting them, the more you're helping to keep things going. It gives back to everyone. You know, if we can, if we all spend a little bit of time at the range, it, it cycles through and it, it helps everyone. Actually, lots of, lots of people are interested in getting into shooting sports. From an agency perspective, shooting sports participants are, are such a important piece because um, through Pittman-Robinson funding, which is act that allows funding to go back to the states, which then pays for hunter education, it pays for different wildlife lands, and then it also um, allows us to build shooting ranges. So that PR money or Pittman-Robinson money is a tax on firearms firearms and ammo. And so it comes back to the states through legislation through the United States Fish and Wildlife Service. So through that, um, we have so many people out on the range um, pulling the trigger and, and, and allowing for monies to come back to the states. Um, do you have any advice for, for people that are interested in getting into shooting sports? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would definitely say start looking into your local range of events. Um, a lot of them post them online or they'll have... Um, you know, a phone number you can call and get a list of their events for the year. And if you have young kids and um, kids that you want to get involved in shooting sports, look into 4-H programs because I know a lot of the 4-H programs are going to support youth athletes and a lot of them have shooting sports um, as, as part of their local program. Um, so that's a great way to start and a great place to, to look. 
when you're trying to get your kids involved. And if it's just yourself, you're trying to go out during your lunch break or over the weekend for um, a little fun outside or um, at your indoor range, make sure you're looking into what kinds of events and open hours they have because everything that you do and every time you go to the range, you're giving back to all of the programs. To add on to that, if you're enjoying your local shooting ranges, make sure you buy your um, hunting license because that allows us as a state agency to get some of that funding back so that we can put it back into public ranges. So um, just a, a notice out there to, to help us, to help you know Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, wherever you're listening to get that funding back into your into your uh, neighborhood so um you know ladies when this goes live on our facebook page we could make comments or post some information on that facebook page under this episode where with some links for some more direct information on shooting ranges within our states i uh, i would also put in there a link to our the national 4-h shooting sports information on that as a mom myself 4-h is open right now for open enrollment and so many think of 4-h as cows and sewing and cooking a lot more (laughs) opportunity and i mean right there i know a lot of kids that are in 4-h just for the shooting sports opportunity and so it Check out with your county extension office, as she has mentioned, and then we'll put those links there for additional information as well. Um, you know, as we're talking about websites, Ashley, are there any particular websites that we can direct our listen listeners to to find out more information about your program? Yeah, definitely. Right on our homepage, midwayusafoundation.org. That's going to be your best source. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's very user-friendly. We've made laid everything out and made everything um, as accessible as we could. And you can always also reach out to any of the program managers. So when you're on the website and you see your program manager for your area, feel free to email them or call them. You can call me and I can help you out or direct you to your local representative through Midway USA Foundation. Awesome. And I know for our listeners in Kansas as well, um, if you're looking for shooting ranges in your area, one great place to look is our website at ksoutdoors.com. If you go under activities tab, we have shooting ranges and you can actually search for shooting ranges in your county. And I'm sure um, Nebraska and Iowa both offer something similar as well getting big head nods that you guys can't see but um, (laughs) so definitely look for that um as always your state fish and wildlife agency your dnr is a great great resource if you are starting to get into an activity like this so um for those of you looking to get into shooting sports contact your local public and private ranges as they often have programs designed to introduce you to the range they have some women's nights and um, it's also a great opportunity to learn about different firearms and allow you to try shooting This is also a really wonderful thing to do if you're thinking about purchasing a firearm for yourself, because a lot of times they'll have some that you can shoot and try out. 
And that way you get to kind of try before you buy. I know we're big on that, but <laughs> try before you buy. And that way you know that what you uh, what you end up purchasing is something that you're going to be comfortable with, something that fits you and your body and your style well. Tana, the, I know uh, Shields and Cabela's and probably Bass Pro also has fitting nights uh, in, in professionals within their stores too that do those try before you buy opportunities. Well, we had such a great discussion on the shooting sports today. I know I learned a lot. Ashley, we can't thank you enough for jumping on. Um, you're clearly an expert in the field. I can't imagine the adventures that you've been on with all of your travels. Um, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity a little bit when we chat with you. That's very cool. So we, uh, we certainly thank you for jumping on. Is there any last remarks you want to give out to our participants before we close out for the day? I just really appreciate you guys having me and thank you to all of the listeners for supporting this group of ladies. This is a wonderful podcast that you have going and I'm really excited and hopeful that we can get more women out on the range shooting and participating in shooting sports. So thank you. Well, thanks, Ashley. I don't know about you guys, but Ashley makes me feel empowered and like I want to go shoot and get out on the range. So we need to do that as a she goes outdoors meetup. Yes, well, do um, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of She Goes Outdoors podcast. Don't forget the outdoor cooking subscription box is currently available. And also be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or through the She Goes Outdoors website at sgooutdoors.com. Thank you for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you outdoors. Outdoors.